Welcome to Streams from the River, the podcast from the River Church RVA with Pastor Teacher Michael Kraft. I know you'll be blessed by the teaching today, so open your hearts and let's get straight into today's message. Uh, we're going to talk about something today that really has challenged me. It's opened up my eyes. And everywhere I've gone throughout the week, I've been having conversations with people, and God has just been showing me there's a certain dynamic that takes place. And God wants to kind of make a small adjustment in our lives and in our thinking so that he can take us to a place of greater blessing. Do you know that the difference between just being mediocre and being absolutely prosperous and successful I mean, they say in sales, the difference between a person making $100,000 and a person making a million dollars isn't that the other person is 100 times better. Usually, it's about a 3% difference in what you do. 3%, 3%, just that little change in the smallest places makes the difference from just being mediocre to being just superior in everything. How many of you know that's true? So if you're looking for tremendous change in your life, if you're looking for radical transformation, guess what? There's probably just a couple of small things that God wants to tweak. And when he makes those things, man, you're going to go from you're going to go from a 5 to a 5000 in no time, right? So we're going to look at that. And uh this morning we're going to look at that in the context of looking at the difference between facts opinions and feelings versus truth. Okay. Let's say that one more time. Cause I, how many of you know that there's a difference? How many of you think they're the same thing? Okay. Facts, opinions, feelings, and truth. Okay. You'll get this before we leave. Why? Because everything in your life, every relationship, every bit of communication that you take that takes place in your life with others or with God is affected by these four things. If you don't know the difference between facts, opinions, feelings, and truth, you will never be free to build healthy relationships. You will react to the facts. You'll develop your own opinions. You'll allow feelings to dictate your life instead of truth. Okay. Did y'all follow me with that? Okay. And so um, I want to start with some quick definitions. All right. So the first thing, facts. How many of you think you know what facts are? We're going to find out whether that's an opinion here in just a moment. But facts. All right. Facts are objective. They're undeniable, verifiable, easily observed statements that no one can deny. That's a fact. All right. So I want to use an illustration this morning, and this is one that I use a lot of times. Okay. Let's say that you, you're at the stoplight. The light is red. You're the second person in line. The light turns green and the car in front of you doesn't move. Okay. 
Is that a fact or is that an opinion? Is that a fact? Okay. That's a fact, but guess what facts do? I mean, how many of you sit in the car in that situation and you go, you know what? This is an observable, verifiable, objective situation. The light just turned green and the car is sitting in front of me and, and, and you just stay there. <laughs> you know, you're kind of like, who is that Spock or some of these people who are emotionless? You know, I have observed that the light has turned green and the car is not green. Now, that's a fact, but facts feed something. And what do they feed? They feed opinions, right? And so opinions are subjective, all right? They're, they're your personal viewpoint. They're the perspectives, the beliefs, the assumptions. Uh, opinions are your interpretation of the facts, okay? They're the interpretation of the facts. So let's go back to our situation here, okay? You're at that light. It turns green. The car in front of you is having a delayed response, okay? You recognize that that's the fact. What are some of the opinions that you have? Hmm? They're on the cell phone, okay? Would that be an opinion? Okay, any, any other opinions? Any, anybody ever? They're not paying attention, okay? Say what? They don't know how to drive, okay? All right. They're what? They're asleep at the wheel. I actually saw a slide like that. I was going to put it up, okay? So they're not paying attention. They could be texting. They're on the phone. They fell asleep. They're purposely trying to make you late, okay? And then I actually read about this. What? There was occasion where something like this happened and the individual was actually having a heart attack, you know. So there are the observable, verifiable facts that we know, but then there's the interpretation. That interpretation is called a opinion, right? Opinions are subjective and they can and they do change as we get more and more information. But one of the things that opinions do is they kind of feed something else, right? They feed our feelings, right? The emotional reaction to our viewpoints, our perspectives, and our interpretation of the facts. With the light, what, do, what kind of feelings does that situation bring about in your life? You know, you know what the fact is. You have an opinion, and that opinion brings about some feelings, and those feelings are really subjective. What are some of the emotions that you have? All right? Anger, shock. Anybody ever get happy? <laughs> you know, it, it can range from just peace to... Uh, pure aggravation <laughs> and outright rage sometimes. Doesn't take very long to go from red to green to beep, right? With some emotion behind that. Y'all looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I know you do. Okay, but we're talking about facts, opinions, and feelings, right? So this is what I call the uh, feeling wheel. These 
emotions are unreliable and they're a poor foundation for building relationships on. If you build a relationship with someone and it's just based on feelings, how many of you know feelings are like a roller coaster? They're up one day and they're down the next. What if our relationship with God is just based on our feelings? What if our relationship with God is just based on our opinions or it's based on some facts? Man, there's a different place that we need to go, right? Because facts change, our interpretation is different, and the emotions that are attached to that. Man, if we're going to live our life that way, and how many of you know a lot of people do? Life is a roller coaster. You're as good as your last good interpretation, right? That's not the way that God has called us to live. So I want to look at something else. I want to look at truth. Have you ever thought that truth is actually different than facts, opinions, and feelings? Some of you are thinking, Mike, you just think way too hard. Mel says, if I had to live five minutes in your brain, it would drive me nuts. Okay. But, it, but there's a difference. In, and, and the truth, the Bible says you'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Will facts set you free? Sometimes the facts put us in bondage. How about opinions? Do your opinions set you free? Well, they might set you free, but they might put everybody else in bondage. No. Sometimes if you're in a family or you're in a group, sometimes the strongest opinion wins no matter what the facts are, all right? And feelings, my gosh, feelings are fickle. But truth, there's something about truth that we need to know, all right? Pilate said this, he said, what is truth? So it's a question that's been asked for many, many years. What is truth, okay? So in John chapter one, it says, Verse 17, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Okay. In John chapter 14, Jesus said this. Really let this sink in, okay? I want you to, to, to hear this. I want you to see this. I really want you to I want this to sink in this morning. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, okay? What if I were to tell you that the truth is someone, not something? That the truth is a person. The truth is Jesus, because, you know, the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. How many of you know that that's true? Or let me rephrase that. How many of you have heard that? You're not sure if it's a fact. It's maybe just the opinion of religious people. You're not sure how you feel about it. But the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. So if God cannot lie, then every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is what? It's truth, okay? And so then Jesus said, he said that if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the 
truth and the truth will set you free, right? Okay. If you abide in my word, some people, when you read the Bible, we're just looking at, at a history lesson. We're looking at facts. We're looking at things that we consider to be other people's opinions. But when you look at the word of God and you realize that it is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, if it's true, then everything else has to bow the knee. Then there's something about truth. We've got to get truth is a person. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is truth. Okay? And the truth sets us free. What does it set us free from? It sets us free from facts. Truth sets us free from opinions. Truth sets us free from our emotions. How many of you have ever gone through something and you've opened up your Bibles, you've Googled something that you know in some Bible verse because we haven't got it all memorized, you know? When I was growing up, it was Strong's Concordance. Everybody had a Strong's Concordance. How many of you have a Strong's Concordance? How many of you don't know what a Strong Concordance is? Okay, all the youth are at camp. All of their hands would be up. They say, what's Strong's. But you say, what's Google? Man, everybody knows what Google is. I use Google instead of Strong's these days. I can get to, I can just find it quick. All right. So why did I say that? Oh, because you'll know the truth, right? And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free from facts, opinions, and feelings. It'll set you, it'll set you free so that you can hear the word of God, operate on the word of God, and operate in the freedom that comes from the word of God, right? All truth originates with God. Anything that does not line up with the word of God, it may be a fact. You can have your opinion and your feelings, but if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's not truth. Can you hear that this morning? Okay. So as Christians, this is what we're invited into, all right? When you accept Jesus and you make him Lord and you say, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and now the life that I live I'm going to continue to live by facts, opinions, and feelings. Is that what the words say? The life that I now live, I now live by faith in the word of God, faith in Christ, because he loved himself and he gave himself for me, right? So truth is supposed to take the throne in our life. It takes the place where facts Opinions and feelings used to reign. How many of you are following me this morning? Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Continue. All right. So literally, as a Christian, it means this, that the word of God, what God says in the Bible is the absolute truth and it supersedes our emotions our opinions, and yes, even the facts, okay? Truth sits on the throne, 
and everything else is subject to the one that sits on the throne, right? See, this is what's supposed to make Christianity different. And here's the reason why half of, over 50% of Christians live exactly like non-Christians. Why? Because we're moved by facts, opinions, and feelings, just like everybody else. What would it be like if we really allowed the truth to sit on the throne and Jesus, when we say Jesus is the center, we're saying God's word is the center. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what I feel. It's all subject to bow its knee to the word of God, right? If the word is true, if it's really true, listen, if the word's not true, how do we even know that we're born again or saved? Is it just our opinion? If we believe the word of God is true, then it's all true. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, if, if Christ has not died, <clears throat> if he's not crucified, if he's not been raised, then our faith is in vain. And of all people, we're most miserable because we live our lives with faith in the word of God. We exalt the word of God above facts, feelings, opinions, all of that stuff. We walk by faith and not by sight, okay? So anyhow, just for a moment, let's go back to the man in the car, all right? We know what the facts are. I've heard some of your opinions, shared some of mine. You think about the situation, certain emotions begin to rise in your heart. But let me ask you, what is the truth? What's the truth about this individual who is having a delayed response to a green light? Okay. We know what the opinions are. We know how we feel, but what's the truth? Because I'm telling you, if you know the truth, it'll set you free. It'll set you free from those emotional rages, you know, the anger, the things that, I mean, again, I'm not going to name any names. But I mean, the, the response, you can tell, the response time between a green light and a beep and the intensity of the beep tells you whether you know truth or not, okay? So how many of you, know, you're looking at, at the guy in front of you, all right? What's the truth about him? Have you ever thought about it in this situation? Have you ever, what's the truth about him? Anybody know? He's on the phone. Well, that's a picture. What about the guy that's in front of you? He's, he's not moving. That's a fact. Okay. Here's, here's some new thoughts, maybe. All right. Because we need to know the truth. All right. Can I tell you this? This is the truth. God loves them just as much as he loves you. That's the truth. Okay. Maybe he loves them more than you. <laughs> that would be my opinion. Especially if they're, you know, legitimately delayed for some reason and we're back acting like 
jerks, you know? But the truth is, that was my opinion, all right? What I just shared is my opinion, all right? That's an opinion. Strike it from the record of truth. The truth is that God loves that person just as much as he loves you. God has just as much grace with that individual as he has grace with you. He has just as much patience with that individual as he has with you. Have you ever thought about that? Okay. See, this is the truth. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free, right? We're sitting back here and we're going, I'm on a mission. You know, the light's green and I'm going to be three seconds late because he hasn't started going, you know. And we let all of these things get in the way. But you know what? If we see that individual the way that God sees them, do you think God's beeping his horn up in heaven? All of a sudden, the light turns green and you hear this big clap of thunder. It's God's go. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't happen that way. Because God operates with truth. He operates underneath truth. All right. So we walk by faith and not by sight. No exception clause. If it's not your opinion, you're not feeling that way. Can I kind of take just a real quick side note here? Because we're talking about relationships. We're talking about how to build healthy relationships. How many of you know that facts get in the way of relationships? Opinions. We have different opinions in our relationships. And sometimes those opinions separate us, all right? Sometimes the difference in opinions are so distinctly different that our emotions rise up. And sometimes relationships go in opposite directions based on the same facts, different opinions, different feelings. Man, when we will allow truth to supersede, it makes a difference. So I want to talk about healing for a second. We're talking about relationships, but listen, what is the truth about healing? The Bible says that by his stripes that you were healed, that he bore our sickness, he took our disease. And that by his stripes, it doesn't say that you will be. It says that we were healed. The Bible says that we're to pray for the sick and they'll recover. These signs will follow those who believe. In James, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It says lay hands on the sick, call for the elders of the church, lay the hands on the sick, and they will recover. Is that the truth? Is that the truth? Okay, it's the word of God, so it must be true. Does sickness exist? Does sickness exist? Is that a fact? Okay, it's important to know that and to be able to distinguish the difference because I know individuals who have sickness in their body and they will not say it because they're afraid that they're making a bad confession. Well, the Bible says that Abraham, you know, when, when God gave Abraham the promise that he was going to be the father of many nations, it says that he did not waver even though he knew how old he was and he knew the deadness of Sarah's womb. It says, yet with respect 
to the promise of God, he did not waver. Can I tell you this? There's nothing wrong with acknowledging the facts of what's happening in your body or in someone else's body. Those are facts. But don't waver from the truth. Jesus was a healer. When he was on the earth for those three and a half years of public ministry, he went about what? Doing good, healing the sick. Were the sick that he healed really sick? Was it a fact? Or did they just have actors that came out and pretended so that they could write the gospels and Jesus sounded good? They were really sick people, right? Those were the facts. You have your opinion about that. You have different emotions. But Jesus, who is the truth, laid hands on the sick, spoke the truth, and what changed? The facts changed. People were healed. It was verifiable. It was objective. They were sick. Truth came into the picture. They were healed. The healing then became a fact. Why? Because facts have to bow the knee to the truth, okay? If you understand this, you don't have to be in bondage, struggling between what's happening and I'm standing in faith, I'm believing the promise of God. Listen, Abraham's our great example. He considered his age. He considered the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with respect to the truth, he never wavered. He knew the truth, and the truth set him free. Jesus, the center of it all. Don't take what you're going through and make it the center of it all. Make the truth the center of it all, okay? Was that uh, okay side trail? It's one that I think that we need to understand, all right? It was a sad fact that my mother, she passed away uh, cancer about 22 years ago. And she was so afraid. She was so afraid of what was going on in her body. She was so standing on the facts. Or she was so standing on the truth that she couldn't acknowledge the facts. And you know what? It, it made a difficult time for our family. Because now I know that by his stripes, she's healed. And I'm telling you what, mom is healed now. She's been healed. She's been rejoicing, you know. But if you can't acknowledge the facts, you live in denial. You live in denial. For months, I watched my mother go through horrible pain and suffering and was never able to encourage her. Was ne All I could do was quote the scriptures and stand in faith with her. As a result, I never got to say goodbye to my mother. Never got to, to do a, a lot of things. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Listen, you can stand on the word of God. It's the truth. But man, if you haven't got sick, if you're not sick, then you don't need to stand on anything. You're already well. Why stand on a promise, right? Y'all looking at me like a cow looking at a new barn. All right. Anyhow, that, that was an aside. Let me get back to where I was going. Hopefully that's helpful. I need to remind myself of the truth. I need to, because when I know the truth, <clears throat> it sets me free from the facts. It sets me free from my opinions. It sets me free from 
my emotions, guess what? Truth sets me free from me. Truth sets me free from me because I'm putting my weight on him and on his word. And I think, I don't know, maybe that's why I'm dwelling on this a little bit. Truth sets me free from me more than anything else. All right, I want to look at a story uh, in the Bible where Jesus calms a storm. How many of you know that when facts, opinions, and feelings can cause a storm in your life, right? They can create a storm. So let's just go ahead and look at Jesus when he calms the storm. This is uh, Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. You can follow on the screen. I'm going to pause here and there, but let's read this. Jesus just got done sharing the, teaching the people parables. He's doing the parable of the sower and the seed. Then he says to his disciples, let's get in the boat. We're going to the other side. All right. So what's the truth? Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Guess where they're going? To the other side. So now <clears throat> on, on those days, Jesus and his disciples got into the boat and he said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. Opinion or fact. Okay. Jesus said, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. So they got in the boat and they launched. Fact, right? As they were sailing along, he fell asleep. Fact or opinion? Fact, all right? And a fierce gale of wind descended on the lake and began, and they began to be swamped and to be in danger. Fact or opinion? Fact, good. Y'all are doing good. So then... They, the disciples, came to Jesus and woke him up. Now, my question is, is how could he be sleeping anyhow? You know, he's out there on the sea and this gale of wind, hurricane, whatever it is, is, is there. And he's sleeping. Why is it? How can he do this? The disciples are all stirred up. You know, they're thinking they're going to die. Because you know what? Jesus knew where he was going. He knew the truth. He was going to the other side. He lived by every word that came from his father. He says, when I speak, I don't speak of my own initiative. I speak what the father says, all right? So you can sleep in the midst of a storm if you know the truth. But the disciples, they didn't know the truth. All they could do was see the facts, come to their opinions, have some emotions. We'll come into that. So they came to Jesus and they woke him up and they said, Master, Master, we're perishing. In Mark chapter 8, same story, it says, don't you care that we're perishing? Opinion or fact? Opinion, right? Don't you care? Jesus, you're back here asleep. It looks like we're perishing. Don't you even care? Opinion, opinion, opinion. All right. And so Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the surging waves. In Mark, it says he rebuked the wind and he said this. He said, hush, hush, be still, be still. In one version, it says, peace, be still. 
So what was Jesus? Was he speaking what? Truth, right? Jesus speaking the truth. And so guess what happened? And the wind stopped and it became calm. The facts submitted to the truth. All right. And he said to them, where is your faith? Your faith in God, your faith in his word. They were fearful and amazed. Fact, opinion, or emotion, feeling. I'm talking about being fearful. That's an emotion, right? Yeah, okay, got to think about it. And they said, who is this? He even commands the winds and the water, and they obey him. Listen, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Because he had peace in him, he could speak peace to the storm. If you're full of fear and worry and your opinions are trumping the truth, guess what you're going to speak? You're going to speak fear. If you've got peace in you, you can speak peace. And when you know that you have peace, when you know the truth, you can command that truth into the situation. Jesus just didn't say a prayer, say, Father, please bring peace to the situation. No, he said, peace be still. Same thing in, in the book of Genesis. God wasn't waxing poetic and say, saying, let there be light. And it was the first day. All right. Let the earth bring forth. You know, literally in, in the original languages, Jesus said, light be. Waters separate. Creation come forth. He commanded it. All right. The word of power that comes from the mouth of God. All right. So. This week. I've been meditating on this. I've had conversations with some of you. I've had conversations with a lot of people. And everywhere I go, I've been listening. Fact? Is that your opinion? Huh. That sounds like a feeling. Your radar kind of goes up. Examine the conversations you have. Examine what it is that you believe. And ask yourself, is this a fact? It may be. Is the way that you're responding or the way that you're reacting, is that an opinion? And you can usually tell what your opinion is by checking in with your feelings, because they're really good indicators of what your opinion is. And what I've noticed in my conversations, and listen, if this is you, don't take this wrong. 80% of the conversations that I've been in have been filled primarily with facts, opinions, and feelings. How many of you feel like, like you're there a lot of the time? You know, it's, it's true. But as Christians, God's invited us to live from a whole different paradigm. He's the head, we're the body. He said, you'll know the truth. If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. You may know the facts. You may have your opinions. It's okay if you have your 
emotions, but you'll know the truth. And if you'll stay and you'll abide in the truth, the truth has set you free. Set you free from yourself, right? They'll set you free from the facts, opinions, and things of everybody else. Jesus, be the center of it all. Truth makes all the difference in the world. So let me see where I am. All right. So no matter how true the facts are, how strong your opinion is, no matter what your emotional state, we have been invited to walk in the truth. That means walking with Jesus, surrendering your life to the one who says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, you cannot simply do truth. You can't do truth. You have to surrender to the truth. You have to surrender to the truth. Why? Because I'm telling you, Romans 12 says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Man, it's a work, we're a work in progress. We hear God's word. He gives us the truth. It contradicts our facts, our opinions, and our feelings. And so the only way to walk in truth is put the white flag up and say, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. You can't do truth. You have to surrender to the truth. You have to say, not my will, but yours be done. All right? When you surrender to truth, you're surrendering to Jesus who is the truth, and you're walking in love, which is really what truth looks like in action. Truth in action looks like love, okay? It says in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if I have the gift of prophecy, if I can fathom all mysteries, a mystery is something that you don't have the facts on, right? If you can fathom all mysteries, your opinions are 100% right across the board. And you have all knowledge. Can you imagine this individual with all, you know, all, fathoming all mysteries and all knowledge? And it goes on to say, but have not love. It says, I am nothing. So let me say this. If your opinion about every mystery is correct, if you have all of the facts, but you don't have love, you've missed the truth. You've missed the truth. And I, sh I shouldn't put there. That's what, 1 Corinthians 13, it says you are nothing. And then it goes on and says you have nothing and it profits you nothing. You can have the facts, you can understand the, mis the, the mysteries, but if we don't have love, we're missing the truth, okay? So God's word is always truth, and the application of truth is always demonstrated by love. How do we love when the facts, or no, how do we love when the facts, opinions, 
and feelings are affecting us by valuing the Word of God and others so highly that we lose sight of ourselves and we give to others without expecting to get anything in return. We live in truth by walking in love, by losing sight of ourselves because we value the Word of God. We value His Word. We value others so highly that we continue to give to others. And I can tell you how many times, how many times do facts and opinions and feelings shut you down? I could go into a long story, I won't. Nine months out of work, up and down the East Coast, said I would never work in a factory, applied to hundreds of them. Nothing opened up my opinions, self-worth, depression. There were days I was so depressed, man, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was being ruled by facts, opinions, and feelings. Man, when you know the truth, when you know that God works all things together for good, when you know that the work that he began in you, he's going to complete it and bring, to, bring it to maturity until Christ returns. When you know that, you can live in freedom. Nine years later, I'm out of work again for another year and a half. It was the most peaceful time I had ever had in my entire life. Took a lap around the mountain, got to do it again. But this time I'd been abiding in the truth. Were the facts the same? Yeah. My opinion was different. My feelings were lining up with the word of God. I experienced a peace that passed understanding. It surpassed the facts. It surpassed everything. And it kept me, it protected me until that time where God opened up that next door, all right? So, let's see. So, knowledge and facts and opinions and feelings do not equal truth unless they line up with the Word of God, all right? So, I'm going to wind this up. So, what happens? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at you from a different angle now. What happens when someone says something to you that's false? What happens when somebody distorts the facts? What happens when somebody attacks you with their opinion? They think they know better than you. How do you deal with your emotions or respond to the emotional outburst of others? Any of you ever experienced that? You see, truth sets us free because here's your options. You can fight them with the facts. You can fight them with the facts. You can pit your opinion against theirs and duke it out and see who has the strongest opinions. You can get angry and walk away. You can get depressed and just wonder why they don't get it. Or you can surrender to the truth. You can rest in the truth. Rest in the word of God and walk in love. So how do you walk in love when the facts, your opinion, and your feelings are reacting differently? Y'all follow that? 
the facts, your interpretation, and your emotional state aren't lining up with the Word of God. How do you respond in those situations? Is there anything practically that you can put into practice? Well, there is. Because the Word of God, remember, truth in action looks like love. So you can choose to be patient and kind. You can do that. You know, people say, don't pray for patience. Just get over it, okay? You don't have to pray for patience. When you got born again, patience is the fruit of the Spirit. You already have patience. You need to exercise the patience that you have. Does that make any sense? You can know how to ride a bike, but if you get off of it, you know, there are times you got to get back on. Muscles atrophy, you got to start exercising. We got to exercise our patience for it to, to function. Don't be envious, boastful, or proud. Don't be rude. Don't be selfish. Don't be provoked. Don't take into account the suffered wrong. Stay in hope. Believe the best. Never give up because love never fails. It always wins. Truth always, always, always prevails and succeeds. You see? And the good news is that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? So let me ask ask you a question this morning. Are you tired of fighting with facts in your life? Are you willing to surrender your opinions and your feelings to the Word of God? If you're looking for the power to walk in truth, and you've been struggling, what you need is the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. Acts chapter 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it talks about being witnesses. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. And he gives you the power to walk in truth. It says in John chapter 16, and I am winding up here, okay? But when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He will lead you into all truth. No matter where you are right now, the Holy Spirit has come to empower you, to reveal you, to you and to lead the way for you to walk in truth. The evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit is that you are empowered, that you are empowered to walk in truth. A life that has the power to follow Jesus, Jesus' example in walk in truth, to have the discernment to know the difference between facts, opinion, and feelings, has the power to choose to walk in truth. Thanks for listening to Streams from the River from the River Church RVA in Chester, Virginia. If you've been blessed by the message and would like to connect deeper with the River Church RVA, please visit our website at riverchurchrva.com or you can send us an email, share your testimonies, prayer requests, or general correspondence to family at riverchurchrva.com. Again, that's family at riverchurchrva.com. Have a blessed day. 
And we look forward to being with you again next time right here on Streams from the River.